Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app. Brought to you by Verizon to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Athletico Physical Therapy, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Choniak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. Justin Fields returns as the Bears' starting quarterback after suffering that thumb injury, knocking out of the last four and a half games. Others on the mend as well, and yet another new offensive line combination takes the field Sunday in Detroit. That and Alliance Preview, the NFL's leading tackler, in the NFC, T.J. Edwards, our guest, and yours truly, Jeff Joniak, and Super Bowl-winning Bears guard Tom Thayer joins us. This is Bears Weekly, and we're jam-packed tonight. We're also going to hear from Lions radio analyst Lomas Brown. He starred for the Lions at left tackle in the late 80s and mid-90s. Good evening, Tom. How are you feeling? Mayor Joniak, i got to tell you, I know I've been hiding it all week, but I am as excited for this game as I've been for a Bears game in probably the last three or four years and I can't wait till Sunday. I'm going to have a certain angst about me during the broadcast <laughs> that you haven't seen in a while. But um, I'm here to tell you and all the Bears fans listening and that will listen to us Sunday that I am excited about this game. So those who have been around you for the last three decades, the, the angst, uh, are we supposed to let you just simmer in your stool a little bit before the game? Are you going to, you know, typically you'll be just staring at the field, writing your notes and you'll sit in the corner of the booth and not say much. Is that the plan? Oh, yeah, I'll get there early, well before you, and <laughs> I will go through the process of the pregame um, uh, just type of uh, work Flavor. I like to do. Yeah. And uh, and then, but it's, kickoff is just going to be uh, just a new excitement for me that I haven't, uh, seen in quite a while. Well, you know, uh, when we used to go there back in the, in the days where they struggled, even with Matthew Stafford, uh, it was tough. The place was empty, and it was tough to call games there. There was just no excitement. The The sweet lights were turned off because no one was in them. Think about that. Remember? I mean, the low. Yeah, is, oh, yeah. Now you can't find I, well, I Well, you know, Jeff, back in the day, there was – uh, a percentage more Bears fans than there were Lions fans for, uh, you know what, we've been doing this for almost 30 years. And for 27 of those years, 28 of those years, it has been. Last year was the first time in a Detroit stadium that I felt that momentum that was was starting to switch to the Detroit Lions loyalty than to the Bears driving from Chicago five hours east to uh, the Silver Dome or whatever they call the stadium nowadays. Uh, Ford Field now. Ford Field. Ford yeah, Field. The, yeah, the Silver Dome, uh, Pontiac Silver Dome. That was quite the place back in the day, the long bus rides down the country roads to get there. Right. <laughs> and now you're in the city. So uh, so Justin Fields, ready to roll. His offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey, today on how locked in he is. He's been locked in mentally this whole time, especially the last two weeks because there was, there was a chance. Uh, so that part of it's been good. I think that part of it's been pretty smooth. Getting back on the grass is is uh, is the important part. You know, we've had a couple chances to do that, and we're still going through that to see how far he can take everything. So, um, you know, the reps are important, and just making sure that he feels comfortable and ready to rock and roll is really the most important thing. I think as far as what's going on in our offense, he's got that stuff pretty 
down pretty good. So that part of it we feel good about. You know, I was asked on Waddle and Sylvie uh, about an hour ago uh, in my segment with them tonight on ESPN 1000 in Chicago that, uh, you know, what what your expectations are. And, and I really don't have any. I just want to see a really good quarterback making smart decisions, uh, timing, uh, consistency, and all the same things that Matt Eberflus is seeking and uh, try and move the ball against a team that uh, defensively is not as celebrated as the offense of the Lions is, and that doesn't mean they're a bad defense by any means. They can stop the run on you, so you better still be able to run the ball. But it's going to be a real test in that in that environment for sure. Yeah, but real quick referencing Luke Getze, and T. Waddle and I have been in plenty of team meetings where Mike Ditka says you can't turn the switch off and turn it back on. Hmm. So in terms of Justin Fields, you got to keep that switch on whether you're injured, active, playing or not because you got to stay mentally in the game and I think Justin has and I think he made reference to that the other day at the podium and like you're saying though Jeff the motivation of the Detroit Lions I don't know where the team emphasis is you know they have a tremendous amount of respect offensively for what they're doing and how they've outgained their opponents but the reason they've been able to outgain their opponents is because of what the defense has been able to do. So I think it's going to be an interesting um, atmosphere. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the Bears have some assets of their own that are going to go in there and be able to be con- uh, competitive in this type of environment. But I hope Justin re-explodes onto the scene like never before. Yeah, uh, rust is always going to be a topic when somebody's uh, on a layoff like this, and it was again today for the offensive coordinator. You're relying or leaning on all of the work that you've put in since, you know, two years ago, even really, really for him, right? And then, but you, if you get specific to this off season, to this training camp, and all the game uh, game reps that he's had already. Um, and like I said, he's 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 been close to playing, so it's not like it's just he hasn't done absolutely anything here in the in, in these last couple of weeks. So we're I think you know I think the way practice went yesterday, and we continue to get to get more reps this opportunity this week. I think we'll be just fine. With that being said, with a quarterback coming back like that with a thumb, what are you doing as a Lions defense to start the game? Are you challenging them right away at the line of scrimmage? Are you trying to do Yankees chain? Are you bringing the heat right away just to see where he's at? Well, first of all, I'm going to decide, do I want to have a spy or not? Do I want to have multiple rushers and then one or one sitting back? I have to make sure that I talk to my outside defensive rushers that they have to have complete respect on their contained rushing. Um, but now if I have a, a, a Justin Fields-type athlete coming back into the fold and kind of remnants of the Washington Commanders game, Number one, I'm thinking about Justin. He's got the ability to be accurate and target a weapon at DJ Moore as frequently as he can. I have to be a little bit more concerned about Darnell Mooney and what he's been able to do the last couple weeks in terms of the effectiveness that he's had in the game. And then I got to consider what do I think about Cole Komet? How does he affect this offense and and how am I going to try to challenge his coverage at the line of scrimmage? And, oh, yeah, the Bears have a good running game. So all those things you have to take into account, and then you add the athleticism of, a ju- of Justin Fields, the defensive coordinator, the defensive staff, they have a lot on their plate when they're finger- figuring out how to game plan the Bears. 
He ran for 279 uh, last year in the two games against Detroit, and he picked up nine first downs doing so. That'll be interesting, like you said, you know, what they will do because he hasn't run as much as he did a season ago. That's not to mean he won't do it that way over the final seven games of the year. Uh, but the, the deep ball, the, the plus 20s, he's had uh, good success this year, and that's been a, a very good quarterback rating. Uh, very good production, and it stems from that Washington game clearly with D.J. Moore. Uh, also, we got to talk about the offensive line because, you know, we, we kind of anticipated the way it laid out, and that is the move of Tevin Jenkins to left guard from right guard where he played the last uh, few games, played two games at left guard, and then Nate Davis is back at right guard. And So how big an ask is this uh, according to uh, – Luke Getze for Tevin Jenkins. Well, it's it's never easy anytime anybody has to move any position. But to, to speak to Tevin, I mean, the ability to come in and be a tackle and then be a guard on both sides. I mean, he plays play tackle on both sides, play guard on both sides. I just think that speaks to the, the type of player that he is and the capability that he has. More than up for the job, he's had an outstanding year when he's been on the field. Yeah, you know, go back in my generation, there's an offensive lineman, Bruce Matthews. He played up and down the offensive line and made all pro at every single position. And I think Tevin Jenkins, the Bears are fortunate to have a guy that, you know, throughout the course of the year, I was concerned about Tevin and where his career was going. But his arrow is pointed at such an upward position that I, I don't think the transition from right guard to left guard is going to be that much. I think um, having the ability to sit in meetings when they did say that, Tevin, you are going to be the starting left guard and have the opportunity to talk to Braxton Jones multiple times in meetings and practice and Chris Morgan gets these guys ready. Um, to me, um, I'm a little concerned about the conditioning uh, of uh, – Nate Davis? Nate Davis, because, and I'm thinking about the people, when they get inside the building, it changes the temperature of the building. When it gets warmer in there, is Nate Davis going to be healthy and physically ready to go in terms of conditioning throughout the late third and fourth quarter? And then lastly, Khalil Herbert is likely to return. He, uh, that window is still open for him. They haven't officially done that, but they did release – Darrington yeah. Evans. And, boy, this game is brutal, isn't it? You, you, you have a couple guys, like Greg Stroman last week, did a nice job when he went in there. You, you had to make the roster shuffle. Uh, same thing with Deron Harmon, a veteran, and now another veteran. But uh, a, a possible Herbert Foreman backfield, what that might look like. Khalil was playing really well. What was it? it was Washington, I believe, right, that he got hurt, and he was crushing it that night. So we're excited to get him back on the field. And exactly how much or all that looks like, I think that's kind of like, again, we got to figure that out. Uh, who's all healthy? Who's who's able to go? And then on top of that, how much can you go when you haven't played in a, in a few weeks too? No, I think Deontay's done a great job, right? You talked about play style. He, he is he's, – he's, he's – uh, bought into all that stuff, right? And we, we love the downhill style that he's been playing with and the physicality that he's been playing with. And, uh, you know, last week the run right on the goal line was just, you know, kind of articulates exactly, what, you know, what he's been, what he's meant for us. Uh, but a little banged up. That, that's the thing about it, Jeff. It's going to be the healthiest are going to play. And if, the, if Deontay Foreman is less than 100%, then I have to tell, ask Khalil Herbert to be completely honest with me. Is he capable of doing everything that is required of him in his job? 
So the number one guy health status will probably be Roshan Johnson, although it's going to be a rotation of the backs that are going to fit into this offense the best. All right, we've got lots of help tonight, including Dan Barilli and Jordan Treadup, as always, from the Bears uh, helping us out. And then uh, here tonight, we've got a couple of uh, key members of our staff. we got uh, Jake Cantu helping us out, Jack McGrath, and, of course, the executive producer of the Bears Radio Network, Eric Ostrowski. Time for a break. When we come back, we'll hear from T.J. Edwards, the NFC's leading tackler here on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by CDW. People to get it with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and TJ Edwards, the local product turned Chicago Bear. Uh, still feeling like, uh, you know, you're just coming back home, play football? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, anytime you can put that C on, man, it's, uh, you know, you take, a, you take a lot of pride in that where I come from. So it's been, it's been good. Top tackler in the NFC, second in the NFL. Uh, you're doing some really good stuff. Uh, I ran into you in the cafeteria yesterday. I had to tell you, man. It's uh, Pro Bowl-level stuff, and uh, I know you're not going to uh, embrace that too much, that kind of conversation. It's what you do, but uh, how, how have you felt as you've adapted in this offense and how they've adapted to you, the chemistry of the unit? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, things like this, when you come into a, a new scheme and um, just playing with, you know, different guys, I think it takes a little bit of time for sure. So, I would, you know, I think it took us um, a couple games to really get going, especially, you know, in the run game and things like that. But um, as of late, man, it feels, you know, seamless. I feel like we're playing aggressive and physical, all the things that, you know, good defenses do. So we just got to keep, you know, riding that train and um, force a couple turnovers and uh, keep stacking these wins. You know, TJ, you and I do have some similarities. You know, we both grow up locally. We went to college a couple hours away from Chicago. We went away from the Chicagoland area a little bit, and then we came back to play for the Bears. You know, I felt the pressure of playing locally was a healthy pressure. It made me be really concerned about my preparation, making sure I was always prepared, and I think the family is a plus. How do you how do you take your new role um, here locally after being away from Chicagoland area football? Yeah, no, I feel like most of my, um, you know, even most of my, you know, classmates from high school, everyone kind of goes away for a second, and then they end up back in uh, <laughs> yep. Chicago and Illinois. So, um, no, it's been it's been awesome, man. I got a lot of you know close family still here, a lot of you know friends and teachers. I felt um, really some great support from the people around me. But you're right. I mean, you wanna you wanna play as good as you can be. Like you really just wanna be so detailed on what you're doing so that when those big plays come, you can make them and um, have all those people that, you know, did a lot for you growing up, have them be proud of what they see on there on Sunday. So I take a lot of pride in it. I know, um, you know, my, my family, my mom and dad take a lot of pride in it as well. So it's been, it's been awesome. You know, when you talk about development of chemistry as an offensive line, you know, we kind of have to play together for a little (laughs) while to develop a familiarity with each other. And when you talk about the defense, is it is it chemistry developing with the linebacker position or is it chemistry that develops with the defensive line? Because now you got eight different defensive linemen who are contributing to your defensive front. So where is that chemistry development um, for a linebacker? Yeah, I mean, I think for linebackers, you can even – I think it's front end and back end, to be honest with you. I think it's one of those things to where um, in the back end, you got to kind of understand how certain guys are playing certain routes and – 
um, you know, where they're going to be in, in this coverage and things like that, just because of off the reps that you've had with them. And then um, with the D line, you know, understanding, you know, how they play certain blocks and know that maybe um, I might be getting over the top here. I might be, you know, coming underneath, but after time goes of you, you play with these guys for a minute, it um, kind of allows you just a better feel for um, when we see certain things or when we are playing a certain team who runs a, a certain scheme, kind of understanding how those guys are going to play those blocks and things like that. So it helps us a lot as, as time goes. T.J. Edwards, our guest here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network with Tom, I'm Jeff. And T.J., I used to wear the Bear uniform. Uh, you used to have parties. Do, do you still feel like that little kid sometimes? Are there moments in the game <laughs> when maybe it's a timeout and you're just looking at, hey, I'm, I'm yeah. really a Bear right now. I know maybe that sounds ridiculous because you've been in the NFL a long time, but uh, is there some of that, though? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those things to where I even at the you know like the family fun day. Um, I remember going to that when I was a kid um, and just watching all the all the bears out there and just being you know in awe. Um, so I think it, it really started from from there for me, and then everything else was just um, surreal. You know, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and, and do your job and all those things, but you can still um, appreciate you know where you're at and and how um, how how lucky I am to be able to do this for my hometown team for sure. You know you, you intimated uh, the aggressiveness of the defense is really you know you guys are flying around the numbers say so it's impactful number one run defense the last six weeks in the NFL and it's coincided with three wins as well. Do do you feel like you are turned loose a little bit more with Eberflus? I could even be a shirt turn turn loose with Eberflus. <laughs> I just came up with that one, Tommy. No, no doubt. I mean, he's a you know he he is a, an aggressive style of play, and I I love that. Um, he's also you know big into you know linebacker play and understanding kind of how we see the game, and just because that's kind of his roots, and um, so kind of having him in our ear as well of, of how he's seeing certain things and. You know, with this scheme, he's done it for so long. He knows all the ins and outs, what it's supposed to look like. So it really helps, um, really, you know, Tremaine and I, who kind of just got here, you know, understanding what exactly what he wants. And um, I would say over these past couple of weeks, we finally started to, you know, really truly understand what was going on and able to just play play football, man. And when you get to that point where you can just read and react, that's when good things start to happen. So you talk about being able to read and react. Now you're going to play a divisional opponent a couple times within just a couple of weeks of each other. Yep. So are you the type of guy that, you play a team at home in, in Detroit, and you can hear all the counts. You can hear the offensive linemen making changes. You can hear the quarterback's cadence. Are you a guy that likes to hear the volume of the opponent and then can it pay dividends two weeks later? Or are you a guy, like you said, just read and react even if you're playing at home and it's a loud back crowd? I mean, for me, I really enjoy, honestly, like all the information that I can get, you know, whether it's the center talking in terms of um, where, their, where their point's going, where their slide's going, the quarterback, you know, changing a play, mid-play, kind of understanding all that. So, you know, when we play away and it's quieter when they're on the field, um, it, it really does only help us just kind of having a good understanding. And, and that can change, you know, throughout the game, right? You know, the first series you hear something and then you hear it again and it confirms it for you and allows you just a, a titch of time to kind of, you know, get a little closer to the play, but all those those details and all those things that I truly enjoy about the game, and I, I feel like we have a linebacker room that is really the same way. So for us, that that really does help us. You know, back in my generation of playing, it seemed like defensive lines used to stem a lot more from one position to the next during the course of a cadence. So at, at home, you'll be able to make the, the defensive line will be able to make the stem call, and you'll be able to move efficiently. Um, does that change anything about your game when the, the de- you know the defensive lineman is going to move before a, a certain formation move, or are you like dialed into the huddle call in terms of your assignment? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and, and I think we do a good job of it here. Um, but I for, do too. Yeah, like I, I think our movement is, is really good, and I think we have the guys who can really do it well. Um, but I mean, for us at linebacker, you know, we we understand where they're going to stem to, so that's kind of where the chemistry part plays into it, right? Knowing when in the snap count they're going to do that, so we know we can stem to our alignment to make sure that we're in the we're in the right spot when the ball is snapped. But I really like that, um, and I do feel like that's ticked up a little more as well these past couple of weeks. But I like that. We have that movement. It kind of just, you know, makes them think for a second, right? You know, anytime you get um, those guys up front thinking, it, it's only really good things for us. So as, as much as we can do that, we, we want to. Tom and I well, were t- Just oh, re- real quickly, yeah. I'm just sorry, Jeff, is, you know, so my high school's in the state playoffs. In the defensive Ooh. line they played against last week, they were stemming, and it, it created four false starts by my high school offensive line. Yeah. Joey, and, a Catholic guy. Joey, a Catholic. All right. Well, it was real football, as, baby. As, yeah. right. <laughs> tell them your, <laughs> your high school record. Yeah, let, let's hear it. Uh, we all, my, my four years of high school, we, we only lost one game. Jeez. But, but it's, it's a tradition. You know, we run the ball. We yeah. throw the yep. ball. We throw the ball very oh, I little. I know about it. Yep. But, again, go ahead. No, yeah, I, I know about it, um, the the tradition and things like that. But, it, I mean, especially even at the high school level, I can't imagine, you know, what that does for, for O-lines when, you know, the D-lineman's moving around and, and things like that. It just it causes problems for the offense, for sure. Well, it, it did even in the NFL level because when we had a defensive line that stemmed really quickly during the cadence – and a lot, there was a lot more quarterback directly under center, so they yep. heard the count, and we used a volume count even under even in a crowded stadium. It did. It made you a little apprehensive because you didn't know when they were going to move in at the last second. And I like the way that you guys do it. You have a lot of nice length in a guy like Javon Dexter. You yep. have a lot of good power in Andrew Billings. Yep. And so I think the the different type of defensive lineman that you can put in front of you. I think it's a true asset to you guys. No, I mean, big time. I mean, even I think, um, you know, Big Bill does a really good job of it. And, uh, you know, I can just think of a guy that that strong and that powerful, you know, understanding he's going to be at this one spot. But then in a second, you know, he's he's moved over. It changes your mindset. And um, like you said, it just makes you kind of think for a second a little bit longer. And that that helps us. It really does. We were talking right before you got here about the old Dallas Cowboys. You know, they get and they get they go up and they go down. Right. And and you knew that, you know, they they were coming off the ball. And so. This whole so I, I just read this. Kurt Warner posted something. He said that the best offenses in the league right now it's it's pre snap motion, it's um, flexibility uh, of positions uh, on the offensive line, yep. uh, offensive weapons rather personnel and formation flexibility, a heavy dose of play action. So as you listen to that as a linebacker, uh, you know these guys. The 85 Bears offensive line, they, they put their hands in the dirt every time. No doubt. There's two-point stance tackles. That, that doesn't really make it seem like, you know, it's going to be a play action. Do you – is it hard for you to see in today's NFL when play action is coming, or is it disguised to a level that it does make you take that first step towards the line of scrimmage? Yeah, or does I mean, it matter? It's, it's just – by team, right? Yeah, and kind of, kind of how you like finish there. I, I do think it is um, by team, especially you know tendency wise, right? I mean, like Detroit, you know, they run the ball thirty times a game, so yep. that's going to make it a little more difficult to see 
um, play action. But, you know, as linebackers, we're, we're so keyed in on, you know, high hats or just in terms of how the O-line's firing off the ball and when they're when they're not versus play action and things like that. But kind of to your point earlier, though, like the, the motions and everything like that, it kind of makes you – their offense trying to get you to show, your, show their hand of, of what we're in and things like that. So – um, and Detroit does a lot of motions um, this week as well with a lot of good weapons. So for us, we want to be so in tuned in, in terms of what everyone's doing so that we can kind of, you know, make it all look the same and, and try to, um, you know, confuse them a little bit and then, you know, go attack. Tom, I have a couple fun things for him. we got to let him go. Are you, uh, all right. You might have time for one more question, but here we go. This is stuff I pulled out of uh, media guys. from. It's, it, it's just a quick thought. It's yeah, a quick yeah, thought, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Quick thought yeah. here. Okay. Uh Aside from internet and texting on your phone, yeah, uh, you can only have three apps on your phone. What would they have to be? Three apps on my phone. Um, I gotta have some type of messaging for my wife. I mean, got to. She's, you know, that's <laughs> we, we absolutely have to. Um, I would say just because my family communicates a lot uh, via like social media, so maybe maybe Twitter. And I don't even. I'm not that active on it. Um, I mean, then the maps. I'm, I'm not maps. great. I'm not great with direction <laughs> whatsoever. So uh, right. anytime I can type that in, I'm good to go. Tom, you even have an app on your phone? Uh, listen, the only one I would have would be weather, <laughs> ways, and then text messaging because I ways don't have any crucial. social media. All right, this is for both of you guys. If you had to make a sandwich with the same two meats and one slice of cheese, one type of cheese for the rest of your life, what would they be? Ham and cheddar. Two meats. Oh, two ham, turkey, cheddar. Tom. Turkey, ham, Swiss. Mm, all right. Swiss, all right. All right. Yes. Skydive or deep sea dive? Deep sea dive, yeah. Uh, I've done deep sea diving, so yeah. I would do it again. What would be the title <laughs> of your autobiography, both of you? Ooh. Uh, undrafted, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. That would be my next question. Free agency as an undrafted NFL player or free agency coming to a local team? Was there any similarities or difference between those transitions? Uh, just in terms of like how it came about, you're saying? Yeah. Or? Well, because you had a, you could pick both, right? Yeah. The difficult the, the difficulty of it. Yeah. No, it it is um, it is difficult. I mean, I think you know, one when I was coming out, it was more so um, kind of who I felt really you know truly wanted me the most, to be honest with you, and where um, I felt that I had a I had a chance to play uh, as early as I could. Um, but in terms of free agency, I think, you know, even when my agent told me that Chicago was a possibility, it was hard for me to, you know, just really not pay close attention to that just because it's, it's been my dream, man. Like it's, as you know, like it's, there's, it's nothing really that kind of beats that feeling. So it was, it was an easy choice for me. Hey, we're the lucky ones, man. We appreciate your effort. I appreciate you guys. I echo that first free agent to sign in the NFL this year, right here at home. And, uh, you know, keep making those plays. It's fun to watch you play. And I love when they blitz you. So I think (laughs) you're an underrated blitzer. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much. That's TJ Edwards, Bears linebacker. Tom and I return after this break on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. And this segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff and Tom getting ready for Bears Lions Sunday in Ford Field in Detroit. We'll have it for you starting at 12.02. Pre-game gets rolling very early. And then, of course, the network portion begins at 10 o'clock with Dion. Sylvie and Lance Briggs. Uh, we should have some fun talking about Bears Lions. And today, Tommy Dave Borganzi was the defensive coach at the podium, and we just heard from TJ Edwards. Here's the impact of TJ Edwards from a coaching perspective. 
well, to me, he's not unheralded. <laughs> he's been awesome. Um, and again, it, it, it kind of goes back to everybody sees the production on the field, and it's been high. Um, he's second in the league right now in tackles. Um, and I know he's got some sort of a record through the first 10 games with the Bears right now. And that's really good. Even more importantly is just the leader that he is, um, how he carries himself and how that kind of ripple effects throughout the whole defense and the whole team. Um, so, you know, he's been super productive on the field and he's been a great character guy um, for us in the building. You know, Jeff, so how many tackles is TJ credited with? Well, 110. Okay, and the reason I'm asking you, I think the leading tackler on the Detroit Lions, Anzalone, has like 43. I don't know yeah. if I misread that, if I saw the stats wrong that I was looking up, and I'm incredibly surprised how there can be such a discrepancy in the amount of tackles that T.J. Edwards is credited with, and if that is the leading tackler of the Detroit Lions, and you know, I, you know, you'll know more than me. However, T.J. Edwards has impressed me equally as much almost every game throughout the season. Yeah, I just like uh, the way he's attacking right now too, and that and that goes for all the linebackers right now. That's the way they're playing football, and. Uh, it's important this week because of what Detroit does, and Borgonzi talked about that as well with the backfield. Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, they both can run it. They got an inside-out game. They both can catch the football. Yeah, so we feel like we know him pretty well. Uh, big, strong, uh, hits the hole really fast, runs with great pad level, uh, really good after contact, keeps his legs moving. Uh, both backs, him and Gibbs, are, are dynamic. So they, they have two really, really good backs. How unique is kind of Gibbs' skill set in terms of what he can do both as a runner and, and pass catcher? Yeah, so he, he's unique. He reminds me a little bit of Kamara in New Orleans. And obviously those guys have a New Orleans background uh, where he's really good out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, but obviously kind of a, a interesting dynamic with Montgomery's more of the power back and, and uh, Gibbs is more of the outside runner, uh, but dynamic in the open field. Uh, can make people miss, uh, but also finish his runs. Yeah, I mean, I really like both players. And uh, 66 tackles, by the way, for Anzalone leads, okay, leads them. Yeah, 66. And yeah. even, I mean, there's a significant right. uh, number there. But, uh, you know, one thing I think that Dave Montgomery in his time with Chicago, he was underutilized at the receiver that, that he really is. And then you look at the uh, performance, the rushing performance of Detroit Lions, there's a significant separation between what the defense has given up to their opponents and what the Detroit Lions have been able to do. But I, that's one thing about the Chicago Bears. I think their running game travels well, and I do think even with the offensive line changes that they'll be able to go in there and, and challenge the Detroit defense with their running game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. When we come back, we'll listen in to our conversation with one of the best left tackles in Detroit Lion history as uh, we take an inside look with Lomas Brown. It's coming up next here on Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com. To request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer. And uh, we got 
a good conversation from uh, our Bears Etc. podcast portion of it with Lomas Brown, the former left tackle of the Detroit Lions, now one of the radio analysts. And Tom Thayer kicked off the discussion with the former player, uh, a guy from uh, Tom's era. You had a chance to play against the 85 Bears. Yes. And a lot of the conversation about the 85 Bears always started with the defense. When you talk about this version of the Detroit Lions, if we're going to have a conversation, are we going to talk about offense first or defense? No, I, I think with this version, that's a oh, that's a that's great a good question. One. That really is. I I, I think wow. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna say you're gonna talk about the offense because of the consistency of the offense, how it's been consistent, and that's what we've been talking about pretty much for the last you know, leading into this year, coming out of last year and talking about this year, just how consistent the offense has been, the offensive line, the performance that Jameer gives and that David Montgomery is putting on, the record-setting things that Amon Ross St. Brown is doing. Uh, actually, the record-setting things that Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end, is doing. It's just a lot of things great that's going on on the offensive side of the ball. Panay Sewell not giving up any sacks of pressure. Uh, Taylor Decker going up against these, going up against some of the better pass rushers. If you think about it, Bosa and Khalil Mack, and they held both of those guys to no sacks, no pressures, just they were quiet. So we, I think that's going to get the headlines because we've been talking about that much. But I tell you what, the defense, they're trying to make a little noise over there on the defensive side of the ball too. You mentioned the offense, and I got to talk more in detail about Jared Goff because, you know, when he was at the Rams and was dealt, everybody, I think, assumed he was going to be a bridge quarterback to some draft pick in the future. I know the three of us talked about that, and look what he's done. He has protected the football, is engineering an offense that is top five or six in almost every major offensive category. He's got weapons. He's stretching the field. He's extending it horizontally and vertically. And he's only 29 yet. So yes. is he there to stay? I mean, he should be. I mean, if I'm the Lions, I'm trying to tie him up right now if I can. You yeah. know, I don't I don't understand what else he would have to do. I mean, I, of course, I, and I take that back, of course, we want to win, and we're halfway through this season. So I know it's a lot of things left to do. But, oh, my goodness, like you said, from where he came from to where he is now, he's an extension of Ben Johnson out there on that field because he knows that playbook completely. It was a great play. As you know, on that 75-yard run from David Montgomery, he audible. He checked out of what they were going to have and checked into that run because he's seen the three-down line. It was just three-down linemen and that defensive scheme that they had out there. And, of course, man, with our guys up front and with David, you're going to take that all day long. Tom knows there's already gaps there for you. So you're going to take that. And that's what uh, uh, Jared Goff did, and it, it, it ended up being a 75-yard uh, touchdown run. So he knows the offense in and out. He could get us in and out of good good plays. Um, he, he knows just where the guys are going to be at. He knows, like you say, how to orchestrate these guys and put them in the right position. You know, all the different motions and formations that we go in. It's a lot of movement 
up front when you face a Detroit Lion offense. A lot of movement that Ben Johnson has. So Jared has done a wonderful job. And like I say, I don't know why, you know, maybe they start talking to him, his agent behind the doors. But I think he's done what he needed to do to say, hey, I'm the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Well, Miss Justin Fields uh, expected a return for this game after a, a four-week absence, uh, really four and a half games since his thumb injury. What is he going to be looking at defensively from the Detroit Lions? Uh, and, and do you feel if there's anything that concerns fans about, you know, maybe going all the way and being a Super Bowl representative in the NFC, is that side of the ball the question mark? Yeah, I think it is. And, uh you know, we expect Justin Fields to come in, and, and I really think we're going to get the best version of him. I think that sometimes when a player is able to sit back and just watch, just sit back and observe and see things differently, see it from a different view, you know, just you know, see practice from a different view, hear things from a different view, it can it can help a player. It really can. And I think with Justin, I just think this is something that I think coming back off this injury, watching the way that Tyson Badgett played and <clears throat> I'm sorry, some of the success that he had, I think Justin's gonna come back and show us the best version of this of himself. So I'm a little nervous, you know, <laughs> going into this game because I, I really don't know what they expect. I mean, he's hurt us in the past, and, you know, we hadn't been real, real good with quarterbacks that can buy time and help their offensive line out with their legs. So, you know, it would be interesting to see the approach that Aaron Glenn takes to him and how if we're going to finally be able to get that guys down on the ground because we get pressures on the quarterback. It's just that we haven't been able to get them down on the ground. Well, Lomas, I'm a little nervous as well, and I'll tell you why. I've been to every Chicago Bear-Detroit Lion game in Detroit since 1985. And I think last year it started to build an atmosphere that your indoor stadium could be a true weapon on behalf of the Detroit Lions. So can you give us a description of what the Bears fans that are listening on the radio should expect inside that building Sunday? Yeah, it is. It it has turned into a home field advantage. And really, Tom, even on the road, oh, my goodness, we take over stadiums now. It's right. just been unbelievable. Every stadium we've been in, we pretty much have taken it over other than Baltimore. But I'll say this, there was still a lot of Lion fans in Baltimore. They just really didn't have any reason to cheer. But it's been that way. And it's definitely a home field advantage, 12th man type of advantage here in uh, in, in um, Detroit now. Uh, Dan Campbell, he has the pulse of this community, of this state, and everybody's bought in right now. So you're going to see the best version of our fans as far as, you know, bringing the noise. So, yeah, I expect you guys to come here and use the silent count to come here. Um, and I know I'm quite sure – uh, Coach Eberflus and that staff, they practiced that all week long. But it's going to be unbelievable. The fans are going to be ready, man. We're riding a winning streak after beating, going out to uh, L.A. and beating the Chargers. 
Uh, so the fans are revved up, and as you know, uh, we got this to be. We got another game coming up on Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving. So, so we had like three games. It'll be three games in eleven days. So hopefully, you know, they won't be too much on these guys' body, and like I say, they could come out and give their best version of themselves on Sunday. Well, that is Lomas Brown. The analyst on radio for the Detroit Lions Radio Network and an outstanding left tackle. Uh, he told us a great story. I love his passion. I love his yeah. just we, we have a good time talking to him. But a great story about Barry Sanders, which I think on the 29th or maybe it's 27th. I can't remember. He's dropping his documentary and why he left the game so early. But he told a story at the end, and I, I don't have time to play it, unfortunately. But it was his rookie, Barry Sanders' rookie year, Tommy. Christian Okoye, and he were battling for the rushing title. Okoye's day was done in Kansas City. Lions are playing. They have nine yards left, nine, to win the rushing title. And he, and he didn't want to go back in the game. He, they said, you know, and they begged him. Why? He just, he just emphasized that that was not important to him, uh, and he just refused to do it. So he did and not. Lo, and Lomas told us he had a $250,000 bonus for leading the league in rushing. Which is and, crazy that he passed is, on that. I mean, just amazing. But I am super interested in seeing a documentary about Barry Sanders because I was always curious, is he a soft-spoken guy or is he so super introverted that he doesn't like to talk a lot? So I'm interested in, in being exposed to a little bit more of Barry Sanders. Yeah, it's a story I had never heard. It was a good one, and uh, we'll be looking forward to see Lomas. On Sunday at Ford Field, one more segment to go. We'll take a trip around the NFL. More on the Bears and Lions with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Hey, you want VIP access to every Bears home game? Exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more are now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, our final moments as the Bears get ready for the Lions. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to Cairo Santos, Tom. 200 field goal last week, happened to be the 54-yarder after the penalty. That took a lot of, a lot of gumption, a lot of uh, concentration after he made it, and then there was a penalty on Cody. Uh, he's had a really good time with Chicago. He said he picked this place knowing how difficult it was. And Gabby, I, I, Gabby from the Bears website wrote a story about it. I only glanced at it, but I saw the quote. And he could have gone se- several other places, but he said if it wasn't going to happen here, it wasn't going to happen anywhere. And so he challenged himself, and look what's happened. Yeah, well, you know, well, they put together um... – premier field conditions in soldier field so when he is at home he's kicking off of a beautiful surface he's got a couple of indoor games left to kick in throughout the detroit and minnesota um but you know i think the telltale sign for any kicker in the midwest is what type of conditions are you going to kick in for the remainder of the year he kicks in chicago three or four times he's going to kick in cleveland so there's no guarantee that the conditions are going to be as perfect as they have been. All right, we've got about a minute 20. Just quick thought when I fired at you. I don't know if you've heard these things. Uh, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill asking for his release. Uh, Cleveland is the only quarterback needy team that could take on his contract. Do you think the Titans should, should grant that? Uh, yeah, they should grant it, especially if they don't need him and they don't think this future's there. 
All right, Steelers special teams coach Danny Smith on the wrong end of a collision on the sidelines against the Packers. Did you see that? He suffered a torn rotator cuff, Tommy. Cheap hit. Cheap hit. Yeah, I did see it. It was super unfortunate for the coach. Monday Night Football, KC Philadelphia Super Bowl rematch. Where are you going? Where is it? Uh, I don't know. Well, that I'll answer. go with the home team. Okay. <laughs> Guys in the studio, do you know where that's at? Game's at? Home I don't team. know. I don't care. Anyway, I didn't know this. KC allowing the fewest points in the NFL. That's interesting. And Justin Herbert, Chargers court. This is in the Doug Coletti, our director of research and statistics category. 59 NFL starts, including the playoffs. His offense has scored 1,502 points. And the Chargers have given up 1,502 points in his 59. I mean, it's just, how's that happen? That's a stat guy's dream. That is a stat guy's dream. Tom, thank you so much. We'll talk to you Sunday. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to our crew, Eric Ostrowski, Charlie, uh, not Charlie Bevin. See, I I, I, I went off script. I'm sorry, guys. I went off script. You know who you are. I don't have my, I I don't have my script in front of me. So I'll let you go. You guys, thanks for listening. This has been Bears Weekly and ASPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly. Hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Bet Rivers, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite.